Earlier this year, U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinded an Obama-era policy of not prioritizing the prosecution of federal marijuana crimes in states where the activities are legal. The move marked a further separation between federal marijuana policy and action by individual states, many of which have approved medical or recreational use of marijuana. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Rebecca Hafiji, an Assistant Professor of Health Management and Policy at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. Dr. Hafiji has co-authored a perspective article about the public health effects of the divide between federal and state marijuana policy. Dr. Hafiji, can you tell us a bit about the history of federal marijuana regulation? Why was marijuana originally classified as a Schedule I drug under the Controlled Substances Act, and why has any attempt to change that repeatedly failed? The federal government originally designated marijuana as a Schedule I substance when the Controlled Substances Act passed in 1970. This designation was made because it was felt that there wasn't enough information about the potential medical benefits of marijuana, and it was known to be a drug that had the potential for abuse at the time. And so the Schedule One status seemed to be the more conservative approach to try to make sure that the drug was appropriately designated and didn't get used medically in ways that we didn't know it was effective. Why did Sessions decide to reverse the Obama administration's guidance about the prosecution of federal marijuana crimes? Was he relying on legal arguments or health-related issues? Sessions essentially decided to reverse. We don't know the exact reasons why he did this, particularly because it seemed to be inconsistent with what Trump had uh, said when he was campaigning for president, and he had said that he was going to respect states' rights in this regard. I think that Sessions essentially felt that because the drug was a Schedule One status deemed to be, you know, have the potential for abuse and no ex- currently accepted medical use, because that status had been challenged over time across the various branches of federal government and never overturned, that it wasn't perhaps the place of the attorney general to be making those determinations and that the prosecutors should feel that it was within their toolkit to be able to prosecute these crimes. And then at the state level, what's prompted individual states to approve medical or recreational marijuana, and how have the debates played out in those states? Yeah, so most of the states, now we have 31 that have approved medical marijuana, Oklahoma just did, and also the District of Columbia. We have nine that have approved recreational marijuana. We have at least nine more that are considering approving one form of these this year. So it's certainly a majority of states, and the momentum is only building. Generally, these have been approved by ballot initiatives, although some have been legislative bills. So that gives us a sense that it's the voters, actually, that are collecting signatures and wanting to vote to legalize marijuana use in some way, shape, or form. And then states generally have taken that legislation and then codified it in the sense of they have approved certain qualifying conditions. And those conditions have increased over time as well. States are constantly adding to the qualifying conditions for medical use, at least as to why you can have a license to use marijuana medically. So it seems that it's been kind of a trend consistent with public opinion, which also now 60% of the public supports legalization in some form. That's up threefold from 1970. So we've seen this state legalization in tandem with the trends of public support for marijuana legalization and also use increasing over time. That's not necessarily causally related to the legalization. We haven't established that yet but it's certainly the use has increased from below 6% in 2007 to about 9% nationally that are currently using marijuana as of 2016. 
Has the opioid epidemic had any effect on those discussions? It's interesting you ask that. Certainly, there have been some studies, several now, that have come out. They're generally more ecological in design, but that have suggested that when marijuana is liberalized, both the recreational laws and the medical laws, legalization laws, that opioid use has declined and specific to, in some instances, conditions for which marijuana could act as a therapeutic substitute. So we have some evidence that that might be happening. There are other surveys of specific populations of marijuana users, and those really go both ways. So some suggest that people might be substituting. Some suggest that when marijuana becomes legal, people actually just supplement and use that on top of the opioids that they might have been previously using. I just heard that New York actually added what we just discussed, a qualifying condition for its medical marijuana licenses. But it's something called opioid replacement therapy. So now that's actually a qualifying condition in New York as to why you can get a license or a registration to use medical marijuana. So certainly, I think some states at least are believing this literature and thinking that marijuana may be a really effective way to address the opioid crisis. What's been the effect of marijuana Schedule One status on research on the drug and on the Food and Drug Administration's role in regulating it? It's been quite a hindrance. Its Schedule One status has really meant that the federal government has oversight over all marijuana that is sourced for clinical trials. And it started, it was only sourced from a single farm, I believe, in Alabama, and now they have a couple of different sites. But it's really hindered research because you can't get approval to do a study and get federal funding to do that study if you're not using that marijuana that is federally sourced. There has been discussion that marijuana that is federally sourced also is not equivalent to a lot of the products that are on the market. For example, a lot of the products that are sold in states where it's legal have higher potency or THC content. So there's both this issue of federal funding and getting the marijuana to do the studies, but also the question of are these studies actually representative of the types of marijuana that are actually on the market now? So it's been a big hindrance, and a lot of this is driving from the Schedule One status. So that's been a problem. As of now, the Food and Drug Administration has sort of taken a backseat in regulating marijuana and is only considering for approval those specific products that have submitted a new drug application. Now it has approved a handful of drugs, mostly synthetics, that are not derived from the actual marijuana plant, but synthetic compounds, the THC compound specifically. Now they just approved also Epidiolex, which is a cannabidiol compound actually extracted from the marijuana plant. So it's highly purified, but that is the first plant-based marijuana product that has been approved by the FDA. Once that happens, the DEA considers whether those substances should be rescheduled also. That's a separate process. But as it stands, FDA, unlike tobacco, for example, it does not have any overall jurisdiction over marijuana. And because of the scheduling status, it really has been the DEA that has been the gatekeeper as to marijuana and its use and having it be illegal under federal law. So, and that is related to this scheduling status and the restriction on the supply of marijuana for clinical trials and federal funding. All of that hampers the pipeline of products that will go up to the FDA and be submitted for a new drug application. So that's all kind of slowed research and hindered how much we could even be studying and also approving under the FDA. Finally, given the 60% of the population that seems to be in favor, given the number of states that have made medical or recreational marijuana legal, 
What do you think the possibility is of rescheduling marijuana or removing it from the Controlled Substances Act altogether? Is there any path for that kind of legislation in Congress? There have been a number of bills that have proposed both of those things, rescheduling and descheduling over time. None has passed, but they continue to be introduced on a pretty much an annual basis. There is legislation pending right now that Senator Warren has introduced to try to essentially codify what our regulatory system was under Obama. So that coal memorandum that essentially said that the federal government was going to deprioritize criminal prosecution of marijuana crimes in states where those activities are legal. So that would be more permanent than the Attorney General Memorandum, which, as we've just seen, can be overturned and was by Sessions. So that would get us partway. But I think that a more permanent solution would involve some form of rescheduling or perhaps descheduling marijuana altogether. I don't know the exact probability of those things happening. I think descheduling is less likely because the federal government's willingness to not consider the fact that marijuana has a psychoactive substance, it has the potential for addiction, which we know that it does. And under international treaties to which we are a party, marijuana is also designated as the Schedule One status and illegal. So we would have a lot of conflicts with international treaty obligations if we also descheduled altogether. So I think that for many reasons, that doesn't seem to be politically palatable at the moment. But rescheduling perhaps could be a more realistic option that would go a little further than the Warren legislation goes. Thank you, Dr. Hafiji.